Welcome to Fine Tuning with Drew Taylor, your one-stop shop when it comes to animation news and commentary. I'm Drew's co-host, entertainment writer Jim Hill, and he and I are recording this week's show on Wednesday, December 28th, 2022, three days out from the start of the new year. So how was you and Katie and Nova's holiday this year, Drew? It was great. It was very low-key. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not have to run around like you did to various family members' yeah. uh, locations and states and everything. Uh, it was very, very close to home, so I feel very thankful about that. Okay, and isn't L.A. like in the middle of a weather event, some sort of hellacious rainstorm? Or did, Yeah, has- there's a, there is a very brief moment. I, as I was coming back, to the house, I looked off and saw the clouds in the distance that were very ominous, and so okay. I think, I think we're we're in a in a brief reprieve right now. But yeah, it's supposed to rain for the rest of the week. So, wow. actually, very good if you want to stay inside and and watch mm. movies and curl up, which is I think a very good plan for the new year. But yeah, okay, no, 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 no. I, I, I like your idea. And again, just sort of to follow up on last week's show, actually took some of my own advice. We talked on last week's fine-tuning about what to do with the gift cards that you one would get for holiday season, and I did get a couple. In fact, a special tip of the hat here to devoted podcast listener Mark B., because I was able to get a copy of Mad Dreams and Monsters, The Art of Phil Tippett and Tippett Studios, likewise The Art of Ron Cobb, and on Christmas Eve, I actually, uh, you know, FedEx came rolling up the driveway and dropped off my copy of Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, a t- timeless tale told anew. Uh, <laughs> Drew was just chiding me, though. I have the book, but I have not watched the movie on Netflix. I, again, I, I you better not I, skip to the end, Jim. I always okay. say. <laughs> Okay. Now, mind you, that I ordered off of Amazon. And uh, early in the week, I procured from Barnes & Noble uh, the Arctic Aragillion, uh, the the making of Despicable Me Through Minions, Secret Life of Pets, and more, and also The Art of Star Wars High Republic Volume 1. Speaking of Barnes & Noble, though, Valencia Joe uh, reached out via Twitter yesterday to say that based on your advice, I picked up the deluxe version of the DuckTales book at Barnes & Noble's 50% off all hardcover buzz sale. I I guess, Drew, this was a two-day long thing that was done right after the holidays on the 26th and the 27th, and all hardcover books at Barnes & Noble were were 50% off, which are Sounds crazy to me. Curses! This is when we should have gotten the Mad Gods and Monsters. Uh, That's it, exactly. That's it, exactly. But he goes on to say, just missed out on getting Guillermo de Toro's Pinocchio book. They had sold their last one about an hour before I got there. So uh, definitely we'll have to check out that buzz sale thing next year if if Barnes & Noble has another one of those. And my plan is, if I get everything done this week, I'm going to reward myself with a copy of Jim Corcus's Off to Neverland, 70 Years of Peter Pan. That book purchase would kick off my my new project for the first half of 2023. Uh, Last year, I systematically acquired all 26 volumes of Didier Ghez's wonderful Waltz People's uh, books. Those are the that collection of interviews of Disney legends. I mean, dozens upon dozens of them. 
And so my project for 2023 is to acquire a full set of Jim Corcus's Disney history books. I think there were 21 of those, to date anywhere. Uh, I'm pretty sure somewhere in the basement I have a copy of Jim's Who's Afraid of the Song of the South and other forbidden Disney stories. And if I, if I get one book a week, I should be able to get the full set by May. But uh, looking ahead to this week's show, Drew and I uh, are going to talk about the past year in animation. We're also going to take a peek ahead to 2023. There is a wee bit of news before we get to this week's feature. And as always, the news portion of today's show is brought to you by Storybook Destination, trusted travel partner of the Jim Hill Media Podcast Network. For a worry-free travel experience every time, please book online at storybookdestinations.com. Okay, Drew, so to get things started here, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, opened in theaters a week ago today, Wednesday, December 21st, 2022, and did 12.4 million over its opening weekend in theaters uh, here in North America. To date, it, domestically, it's earned 26 million overseas, an additional 32. So uh, that puts the overall gross for this Jeff Crawford film at uh, 58 million. Now to put that in perspective, Disney's strange world was released to theaters back on November 23rd, 36 days ago. Uh, to date, this Don Hall film has grossed 36 million in North America, just 30 million overseas for a combined worldwide gross of 66 million. And I've been told by folks at DreamWorks that Puss in Boots will blow by Strange World's Worldwide Box Office by tomorrow, Thursday the 29th, if not Friday, December 30th at the latest. But did you see where Strange World became available to Disney's Plus subscribers back on the 23rd? And they shared yesterday that Strange World, this Don Hall movie, is now the number one film worldwide among Disney Plus subscribers. So I guess some folks are finally getting to see the thing, and it will be interesting to see if we, we wait a month or two, what sort of reaction or what that, that translates into. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't see this being another Encanto situation. You know, we, we just don't have a, we don't talk about Bruno associated with, with Strange World, but it will be interesting to see what happens further on down the line. Also, the art of book for Puss in Boots. You mentioned that that was going to be out in March. I did a little digging. The available to the public version is coming from Cameron Books. It officially goes on sale on March 28th of next year. Written by Raman Zed, uh, who wrote the art of book for Mitchell vs. the Machine and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, it's 184 pages long with a suggested retail of 50 bucks. And you were saying, Drew, you got a copy and it's pretty spectacular, right? Yeah, I love it. I love the movie. I know that DreamWorks is not stressed out at all about the opening weekend because... Let's face it, Jim, there's just not a lot in the way of family entertainment um, for the next few months, I would say. So, yeah, yeah. this is going to sit out there. Well, and that coupled with the fact that I have yet to read a bad review of this thing. It's so good. I, I encourage you if you have if you find a few hours over the next few weeks to go watch it, because it really is worth seeing 
on a big screen um, and not waiting for Peacock or whatever. Um, okay. It's really, really special and great. Okay. I wish I could say the same thing about Mickey Saves Christmas, that stop-motion holiday special that was produced by Disney Television Animation and Stupid Buddy Studios, the, the folks behind Robot Chicken. This debuted back on November 27th. It was in one of those only Disney can do this sort of programming event kind of thing where, uh, you know, this holiday special debuted on ABC, the Disney Channel, Disney Junior, and Disney XD all at the same time. And that showed up the very next day on Disney Plus. And I finally got to see this last week. And I have to say, technically well done, but it was written for three-year-olds. There's really no excuse for this, especially now that we live in the age of Paul Ruddish's Mickey Mouse. Those shorts have proven that there is there is an audience out there for a genuinely funny Mickey Mouse short. Adults and kids will sit down for the Ruddish stuff to watch this. And one where he has personality and you know a little bit of spunk and yeah. all those things that made him so fun to begin with. When they put this on ABC, they paired it with Olaf's Frozen Adventure, the holiday special from 2017, which directed by Kevin Dieters and Stevie Wormer-Skelton, who also directed Prep and Landing and its sequel, Prep and Landing, Naughty versus Nice. And it was actually, in a weird sort of way, kind of a cruel thing to do because Olaf's Frozen Adventure has great music, character-driven laughs, a story that works for adults and kids. And... Mickey Saves Christmas barely work for five-year-olds. And then they decided... Have you ever watched any of, like, the Mickey Mouse Funhouse or that sort of thing where they'll do the thing where they're trying to make Mickey's work, ears work as a CG character? So in perspective, they'll, they'll be in an odd position. They did the same thing with the stop-motion show. And it was just one of these things where it began to actually pull me out of the special because it was like I wasn't watching the characters. I was like, oh, well, yeah, there's Mickey's ears and silhouette. And yeah, that that's how they'd work in a 2D drawing. But it's like, eh, that doesn't work here. It's like, anyway, no disrespect to the guys at Stupid Buddy Studio. It was wonderful stop-motion, but it was it was a lousy story. It was a lousy holiday special, and I just wish they'd been given better material. Speaking of Mickey, though, have you seen the stories that are... In fact, I want to say the New York Times just today did a piece about, ooh, 2023. You know, we now have to start talking about Mickey Mouse, the copyright lapsing, Mickey slipping into the public domain. I saw that. I saw that Brooks had a... <laughs> had a deadline for something and he had to whip up an article uh, yeah. because I thought it was a little a little thin. This is the situation, but at the same time, it's also Disney and it's complex and I don't think we're going to be seeing any Mickey movies. The equivalent of, what is it, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and the Honey, which, by the way, comes out in February of, of this coming year, the, mm -hmm. the Winnie the Pooh slasher movie. I, you know, I, I don't think we, we, we need to worry about those, folks. But that said, looking ahead to 2023, yeah, the, there's some concerning stuff going on, which Drew and I will get to in a moment. But first, this. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. 
Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's been a strange year, and in fact, just the past week or so to watch how the entertainment press basically kind of folded itself in half in regard to Avatar, the the way of water, trying to explain like, well, yeah, I mean, it did, you know, it did this number at the box office, but that didn't meet its box office expectations. And it was just yesterday, right, that it it passed a billion dollars worldwide. Yes, I believe so. Okay, but but again, to watch the entertainment press, you know, charting the box office of the, this Avatar sequel, and we did have last weekend, we did have that weather event coupled with the, the crazy, crazy cold. We are still coming out of the pandemic. If you're following what's going on in China, where they're seeing a resurgence of COVID, uh, you know, and, it, and in fact, I don't know if you you also saw, I think the, the Times also had a story today about how schools in Boston are actually considering whether or not to bring back a mask mandate based on what they're seeing for resurgence. And I bring that up because here's China opening up and they're seeing so much going on with COVID. But at the same time, China just also allowed Avatar The Way of Water and Puss in Boots, uh, The Last Wish to to play in theaters there. And that's also going to have a positive impact on the box office of both of those films. And I wanted to take a look at what it used to be like this time of year. So I, I actually went over to Box Office Mojo and opened up the year-end box office totals for 2018. Figured, okay, Let's do just five years ago and see where we were. And if you look at the box office totals for just five years ago, there were two animated features in the top ten, Drew. There was uh, The Incredibles 2, and we also had The Grinch from Illuminations. And then if we, we bumped out to look at the top 20, there were a total of four animated features that year that, that made it. Uh, we had Disney's Ralph Breaks the Internet, and then we had uh, Sony Pictures Animation, Hotel Transylvania, Summer Vacation. Whereas in 2022, we only had one animated feature 
in the top 10, and that was Minions Rise of Gru. And then if we bump out the borders, in the top 20, uh, we had Lightyear, and then we had DreamWorks The Bad Guys. So what do you think that's about? You and I have talked on earlier shows about what happened with Lightyear, which I think we both thought of as, as a good, solid, entertaining film that for one reason or another never really connected with an audience. And But I've been hearing from a lot of folks I've been chatting with over the holidays that I didn't feel like I needed to go out to the theaters to see that because I knew it was going to show up on Disney+. Plus. Do you think that's really a thing... Yeah, I mean, they like they've kind of conditioned audiences and especially families to know that it's coming so soon. And you you brought up Encanto earlier in the show, yep, which was maybe the biggest, you know, example of wait thirty days and mm-hmm. you'll get a brand new, you know, state of the art Disney mm-hmm. animated feature mm-hmm. or Pixar animated feature on the platform. And I think mm-hmm. that them deciding to do Turning Red on Disney Plus might have been mm-hmm. sort of the death knell because by that point, theaters were pretty open. I mean, the mm-hmm. Batman opened the same time frame and made almost a billion dollars worldwide. Mm-hmm. So it's just hard. It's, it's very easy to change people's mm-hmm. um, viewing habits, but it's really hard to change it back. Mm-hmm. And I worry that three new Pixar movies in a row on Disney Plus had just changed the the wiring in people. Even, you know, Ryan the Last Dragon was a hy- hybrid release mm-hmm. and and I think that 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 Lightyear and Strange World, you know, suffered from this. But it's weird because the Minions is such a like, you know, weird anomaly in there and how do you how do you kind of account for that? within everything else but i i, get I don't that. know i get that but at the same time to circle back to avatar way of water the fact that you can get people to go back to theaters now mind you you know if you look at how hard disney had to work to position this film as a you need to go to theaters to see this in fact what was interesting is talking with folks at disney this this past week about the initial box office numbers and where they were and it's like they were like it's a three hour and 15 minute runtime and more to the point we have been telling people for weeks now you need to see this in 3d or you need to see this in imax and you know a lot of people you know it said we know from talking with exhibitors about the fact of there are theaters that are booked out three and four weeks ahead of time the widescreen of the 3D because people wanted to see it in a specific format. So, you know, we're, we're confident about how well this is going to do. But if you've conditioned an audience to the effect of, oh, yeah, the, the Pixar film, hang on like, a month or six weeks and it's going to be on Disney+. Plus. I have to tell you from talking with the folks who are working on Elementals that they are struggling to figure out, well, how do we convince people that they need to see this in theaters when, you know, that finally shows up on June 16th of this year. But conversely, though, I mean, look what's going on with with, uh, Guillermo de Toro's Pinocchio. I mean, a a very short theatrical run, but this is going to be the film that you're going to have to beat if you're going for the Best Animated Feature Oscar this year. So 
it just feels like in this situation, in this space we are in right now, nobody knows the rules. And I mean, you know, it's the, you know, the what is it? The famous William Goldman quote, you know, what comes to Hollywood, nobody knows anything. You're now a member of the, the Critics Association. What, what are you, you hearing on the animation side of things these days? Well, I mean, I think that you're right that Pinocchio is the one to beat, which is very interesting um, because, you know what? I kind of feel bad for Seabeast mm-hmm. mm-hmm. because Seabeast is the most watched Netflix animated original film mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. It, it's sort of not even in the conversation, really, even though it's a wonderful film, great mm-hmm. animation by Sony. And, uh, you know, Chris Williams is a, just a terrific filmmaker. But nobody campaigns better than Guillermo. The movie is just enchanting, and everybody loves it. And Netflix has been very bullish mm-hmm. on the promotion and the campaign behind this movie. And, yeah, and, and the rest of the spots are kind of, you know, they're kind of a grab bag of, of what could happen and Will mm-hmm. Strange World or Lightyear make it in where Will Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, which I mm-hmm. adored, make it in. Will Wendell and Wild, another Netflix movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then obviously, you know, Apollo 10 and a half being voted eligible has kind of thrown a, a wrench in has, the plans. Yeah. So, you know, it's really anybody's guess, but I think that I think you're right. I think that that Pinocchio is the one to beat. And then maybe one day when Jim Hill finally watches it and gives that (laughs) seal of approval, then it'll really be on the on the way to success after that. Yeah. You bring up the irony of Netflix has C-based and that's been viewed as many times as it is. And a year ago when we were talking about Netflix, you know, it was like how heavily they are committed to animation. And just on our last show, we were talking about Sergio Pablo's Ember uh, has been shut down. Or for that matter, look what happened over at Warner Brothers Discovery, where we have an, you know, Scoob you know, Holiday Hunts, fully scored, ready to go in the vault for bookkeeping reasons. Are you still hearing the same thing that I'm hearing about? We have these conglomerates that own the studios that are prepping for a recession that may or may not get here? Mm-hmm. You know, in fact, I, I forget which of the trades was talking about looking ahead to the films that are being prepped for 2023, 2024, 2025, and the whole notion of what's the smart play here? Do you go big to create an event film like a, an Avatar Way of Water or... Do you just assume that, yeah, we're heading into a period where I don't know if people are going to be comfortable going back to theaters or, for that matter, that we've now trained them to stay home to watch stuff on our streaming services, and so do we we make the more affordable stuff there? It's so weird now when you talk with folks in the industry and they actually turn the questions back on you, and it's like, well, what do you think? What do you think is going on? People who work in animation already are really hardworking people who are are stressed out. But when you look at how many shows have been shut down or had their orders cut in half, there's a lot of people who are concerned about job security right now and and what's going to happen in 2023 and 2024. And, And speaking of which, looking ahead 
to what's going on in animation in 2023. I, I went over the schedule and, and pulled out uh, what I think, well, it's not exactly a top 10 because there's only eight of them, but it's an interesting year for animation. April 7th, we have our Super Mario Brothers movie coming out. And by the way, are, are we allowed to talk about what you're going to tour? Yeah, I'm going to go tour the... the uh... Hollywood Studios, uh, Universal Hollywood Studios, Super Mario, Super Nintendo World, right after I finish recording this. This is why we're on so early, because I got to go over there and uh, that is and so walk cool. around. Yeah, I don't okay. think the ride is operational yet, mm-hmm. but okay. it'll be fun to just check it out. And it looks like an amazing land, even with one ride. Although yeah. we, you and I, you and I have heard that that Donkey Kong is imminent. Yeah, they're not through on the lower lot, I guess is the, the polite way of talking about what happens next down in Universal Hollywood. But no, I'm, I'm so thrilled for you, and I will love yes. to hear what you have to I say. Will, when, yeah, I will get. report it back. If okay. You, if you get some cell phone uh, photos, you know, just keep, <laughs> keep them under your hat for a little while. But, I, yeah. I will, I will. Okay, <laughs> then, then jumping ahead to June 2nd, we, of course, we were just talking about this last week, the Spider-Man Cross the Spider-Verse, and, of course, that sets up the the third film in the trilogy, uh, Beyond Spider-Verse, which comes out, I want to say, March 29th of 2024. Uh, we were just talking uh, about Pixar Elementals, which comes out on June 16th. This, on the other hand, the other project, I've been following this one for 15 years at this point. Coyote versus Acme. They have shot it, I think. They have. They yeah. have. And from the earliest iteration of this script. And I want to say, wasn't it based on a on, on New Yorker? Uh, yeah, it ship? was. Yeah, from, so, from like 91 or something. There yeah. we go. There we go. Yeah. So very much looking forward to that one. Then as an adult in his 60s, I won't necessarily say I'm going to be in line for Paw Patrol, the mighty movie when it shows up on October 13th. But I have my nephew and his wife and the, their small boy, Abraham, who I, I think would get online today for the Paw Patrol movie. The, he's that big a fan of the, the animated series and the spinoffs and all that. Jumping ahead to November 17th, we have the third Trolls movie, Trolltopia. That is not the title. A title will be revealed that I can't say now, but oh. it's a much clever, t- more clever title than that. Okay, I will. all right. And Here's I've heard it is wonderful. As all well. right. Yeah. I've enjoyed the, the Trolls movie so far there. Then November 24th, we have Disney's Wish, which you and I got to see at the D23 Expo. Totally mystified by that one at this point. Was it Jennifer Lee who was on stage when they were talking about this, about that this movie will... And again, this is the... By the way, this is the animated feature coming out during Disney's big hundredth, you know, the centennial of of the founding of Disney Studios. So... This one supposedly will feature all sorts of Easter eggs that acknowledge the various Disney films that came before it. Yeah. Did I ever tell you that at D23, I was going to eat dinner at Napa Rose and I ran into Clark Spencer and oh. Jared Bush okay. <laughs> and all of those people. And I said, like, what what's the deal with Wish? And they said, it's not, you know, there are Easter eggs, but... Mm-hmm. You know, I think you and I kind of had the impression after D23 that 
there would actually because they said you know there's a giant villain in this one and we you know they almost made it seem like it was a villain from another Disney movie they did they and did. that is not the case mm-hmm. um, and since then I've heard that it is it is really great like this that this is a true sort of animated Disney masterpiece mm-hmm. and that Jennifer Lee has been thinking about this for so long mm-hmm. knowing that the hundredth anniversary is here that mm-hmm. it means so much to Disney animation and that mm-hmm. they're really going to try something special. So I think that that D 23 presentation kind of like did more harm than good in a weird way, hmm. because I know that you and I were sort of baffled by, by the mm-hmm. whole thing, but I've heard, yeah, that it's really, really great. And I want to say too, Jim, there's another DreamWorks, an original DreamWorks animated film coming out this spring mm-hmm. that has not even been announced yet. Really? Yeah. Yes. And it's so interesting you bring that up because I wanted to also mention that December twenty second we have migration coming from from Illuminations. You know the I can't wait for that. Isn't that the one by the Ernest and Celestine guy? Yeah, that's the whole notion of there's a family of ducks that always goes south for the winter and the kids persuade the dad that, you know, no, this year, let's go to Las Vegas. And I mean, it's a funny idea. And it's one of these things. Yeah, I think it's written. Isn't it written by Mike White, who, you know, among other things, just beautifully landed the second Mm -hmm. season of White Lotus on HBO. Uh, Oh, Um, yeah. 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 (laughs) But again, I, I love that about. This is the age we live in, or at least in regard to DreamWorks and Illuminations, where, and you would think, especially with Puss in Boots in theaters right now, that wouldn't the conventional thing be to use that film to launch, or at least get people excited about the DreamWorks thing that's coming in the spring, and and, and it's still subterranean, they're still not talking about it? Yeah, I, I don't get it. The, the title is great. It has a great concept. And I don't know why they haven't announced it yet, but it is coming. I mean, DreamWorks now has a one Mm. original and one sequel kind of track for the next few Mm. years, obviously culminating in Shrek 5 in a few years. But um, yeah, they've got really exciting stuff coming up. And I don't know why they haven't kind of laid it out, you know, in a kind of MCU-ish way of like, hey, we got, you know, this stuff coming well, I I will say this much about uh, Puss in Boots. I do know that I was initially told about a scene with Trek and Donkey that was going to be dropped in the credits, and I got told that no, 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 less is more. We we just literally, what is it? You you get that taste of Puss in Boots and Kitty Softpaws and and Papito. I want to say or. or off an adventure and you discover that where they're headed is far, far away, which means we're, you know, we're headed back to the world of Shrek. So, yeah, there's a little, there's a few more kind of little scenes. There's a great Mm -hmm. moment where he's kind of thinking back on his life and there's a, Mm -hmm. almost a Hakuna Matata shot of Mm -hmm. donkey Shrek and Mm -hmm. Puss in Boots kind of walking on a log against a moon, just like that Mm -hmm. moment from Hakuna Matata. And you see some more, some more old friends in a couple of other scenes, but oh, cool, yeah, cool, I cool. mean, it, it really is setting up the fact that we're going back to Shrek, mm-hmm. that this could be the art style that will accompany mm-hmm. Shrek, TBD. But you know, the other things, Jim, that are coming out next year is like 
you know, the Little Mermaid remake, which you and I saw a scene from that was, I would say, 99% animated. You Mm -hmm. know, there's stuff like the Haunted Mansion movie Mm -hmm. that is very animated. And I'm sure there's a ton of stuff coming to streaming, too, that we haven't even discussed. Yeah, but but again, interesting that you, you bring up the streaming space. Of course, you know, we were talking just on the last show about My Dad, The Bounty Hunter, you know, the series dropping on Netflix. Is it a series? Is it a movie? We don't know, you know. I've heard good things about it, so I'll, I'll take it in whatever shape I can get it. Likewise, over at Disney+, Plus, we've got Marvel's Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Likewise, Star Wars, uh, Young Jedi Adventures, and... Let's not forget about places like Cartoon Network, which has Jessica's Big Little World, the the Craig of the Creek spinoff. But again, to sort of bring it back to the making folks who work in animation nervous, here was Craig of the Creek, this whole franchise that, that Cartoon Network was trying to get behind. And then suddenly they cut the order for Jessica's Big Little World in half. Because, again, you have these conglomerates that are kind of looking over the horizon at the, the recession that may or may not get here. And let's be cautious. Let's play this safe. And when you're an animator with car payments and, you know, trying to plan out your own life in the next year or so to suddenly have folks, get, you have a job and then you find out, oh, did I say 20 episodes? I really meant 10. We should also talk about internationally. There is the Chicken Run Mm-hmm. sequel that is supposed to come out on Netflix mm-hmm. next year. Yep. And the big one, obviously, is How Do You Live, mm-hmm. the maybe final movie by Hayao Miyazaki. We've heard this song before. Um, <laughs> and, you know, uh, true. You know yep. and a couple of other streamer, streaming things is obviously Nimona is finally supposed to come out yeah. and Spellbound yeah. on Apple TV+. Plus. But yeah. yeah, the other thing, too, Jim, is the... Um, mm-hmm. The Ninja Turtles animated movie from uh, Jeff Rowe. So glad you brought that up. Yeah. There's a lot of interesting stuff coming over the horizon. And at the same time, to sort of follow up on you going to the parks later today to wander through Super Nintendo World. But January 23rd, I want to say, we get the West Coast version of Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, which is a great fun attraction from Disney's Hollywood Studios. And middle of next year at Universal Studios Florida, we also get Villain Con, the Minions Blast ride uh, up out of the ground. And in early January, we will see basically the kids zone at that same theme park shut down to supposedly be reimagined as a brand new DreamWorks centric area. So, you know, do we know we what ha- attractions are going to be there? Are there actual attractions, or what? What's the story? In much the same way of of Mickey's Toontown going down and then coming back up, the story is, I guess, the Woody Woodpecker coaster is going to stay in place and get a new theme. A good portion of the Curious George area is being held in place and will also be kind uh, of rethemed around DreamWorks characters. But at the same time, I guess they're looking to take advantage of the newer films that are coming to market. So I guess Trolls will have a fairly big presence on this side of the park, but at the same time, understanding that there is a Shrek film coming over the horizon 
the Shrek meet and greet that's been so popular at the Universal Parks will be reimagined for this. There are things that are, have been locked in place, but in in kind of the same way of you talking about the DreamWorks project, you know, for the spring of 2023 that hasn't been announced yet. You know, Universal is really good in that way. They, they can keep things locked down because they have such a small team. Whereas Disney leaks like a sieve. We sometimes know a, a year or more out. In fact, that's the other thing I guess we, we need to mention here is that late January of this year, Splash Mountain goes down to be reimagined as Tiana's Bayou Adventure. And I'm being told that a number of the outfits that in the Tiana animated series that'll be debuting on Disney Plus in, in the coming year some of the outfits that she wears in that TV show will show up in the attraction. So we love the synergy, Jim. There we go. All right. And while we're, we're mentioning things that, that are, you know, have release dates and in 2023, uh, we would be remiss if we didn't mention that on July 14th, uh, we get mission impossible dead reckoning part one. Oh, you're right, Jim. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about, I'm going to, I'm going to add this to my calendar. I need, there we to, go. I need to keep this in mind. You're right. There, you're right. There, you know, <laughs> and when did they start actually shooting that? I think by the time they're done with mm. eight, mm-hmm. they will have shot both movies concurrently okay. over the course of five years. Holy cow. I think they started wow. working on it in 2018. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a lot, Jim. It's a big okay. old beast of a movie. But, but on yeah. the other hand, it will give you and Charles, who do your wonderful Light the Fuse podcast, a lot to talk about the coming year. And speaking of which, as we head into the new year, what what is going on with the Light the Fuse podcast? Well, we're gonna we're about to wrap up our Jack Reacher uh, retrospective, which is a lot of fun. And then, uh, yeah, we've got a lot of great stuff, including you know, we're doing a revisiting episode. I think next week, which I think a lot of Disney fans will love because we we are. Re- reformatting our talk with Mitchell Lieb, who oh. was the head of Sony, w- sorry, was the head of Walt Disney Records, and he was a producer on the Mission Impossible 2 soundtrack. And if you've ever talked to Mitchell, he is a very colorful guy. He's like a true industry veteran. He's the guy that did, the, you know, convinced Daft Punk to do Tron, and he's got so many great stories about putting that record together and, and, you know, doing these albums for other studios at Disney. Really, really fascinating stuff. Um, so I encourage everybody to listen to that. Um, and, yeah, we got a bunch of great stuff planned for 2023 in the lead-up um, and direct aftermath of Mission Impossible 7 and then going into 8. We're going to be busy, busy, busy. But you do a great job. But, again, uh, you know, I also want to point out, we, we do have a couple of other podcasts here at the Jim Hill Media Podcast Network. We have Disney Dish, which I do with Len Testa. Uh, likewise, we have Marvelous Disney. In fact, I'll be recording a, a, a brand-new episode of that later today with Aaron Adams. I'll also be doing a new Looking at Lucasfilm with Brian Gahn. So uh, look for those uh, new episodes to show up shortly here. 
Likewise, if you could do Drew and I a favor, folks, if you could head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review, well, not just the show you're listening to right now, fine-tuning, but also like the fuse, uh, that would be great. And if you really, really, really like what you hear here, if you want to head over to Bandcamp and subscribe, that would be terrific. Beyond that, uh, <sighs> brings us to the, mentioning the whole social media thing. And, uh, you know, I, I get up every day now and I check and, oh, Twitter's still there. Okay, I guess I'm still on Twitter. Uh, what about you, Drew? Are, 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 are you doing the Mastodon thing? Are you doing anything? No, no, I'm still still there, Jim. I'll be there until it until it dies, I'm sure. But, yes, yeah. yes. You, you know, we, do, we can hold hands as the Titanic goes down. Yes. Um, all right. Well, I, 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 can you tell folks where they can find you on social media? Oh, sure. It's Drew Tailored, like a tailored shirt on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, mm-hmm. And if you want to follow Like the Fuse, it's Like the Fuse Pod on Instagram and Twitter. So. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Likewise, uh, if you want to find me on Twitter and Instagram, that's Jim Hill Media. And over on Facebook is Jim Hill Media News. And, well, I guess that's going to do it for this week because, uh, you know, Mr. Taylor has, uh, you know, has to go over and hang out with Mario and Luigi. And, I know. And again, they, you know, they said, Jim, I couldn't drive. I had to find a warp pipe. So I've got to <laughs> I've got to find that first. Yeah. Well, you know, the, 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 as I understand it, Toluca Lake is, is riven with them. You'll, yes. you'll be fine. Okay, so. good, good, good. Uh, all right. Anyway, okay, that's going to do it for this week, folks. So thanks for listening, and we will see you all in the new year.